Alright, good morning. This is Peter, and this is my podcast. Oops. Just pulling out of my parking spot here. So, I wanted to try an experiment. Um, I'm, I'm driving to work right now. Um, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but one of my favorite, it's the, um, the Drive to Work podcast by uh, Mark Rosewater, the lead designer for Magic the Gathering. And what he does is he records his Drive to Work podcast on his Drive to Work. Uh, so I thought I would try something similar. Uh, I'm just pulling out of my complex right now. The, uh, the uh, school bus is here and there's a, a bunch of kids who are late running to it, so I'm just trying to dodge them. Um, but anyway, uh, I wanted my concept for this podcast to be travel. So I'm pretty lucky. I've been able to travel a lot for work and for fun. And so I thought I would do a series of podcasts, uh, one on each of the countries that I've been to. And here's the trick. I want to try to do them in alphabetical order. So today I'm going to be talking about Algeria. Uh, so like I said, this is... Um, this is kind of an experiment. So Algeria is going to be a challenge for me because I I wasn't I wasn't there very long. Um, I was in Algeria for um, five nights, four days about it, for four days in 2008, in March of 2008, and I was there for work. Uh, you know, Algeria isn't a place where people just casually go, or at least not Americans. Um, just a little bit of background. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Algeria is in northern Africa. It's in the Maghreb region, uh, is what they call it, the French-speaking uh, section of northern Africa. Uh, Algeria is actually now the largest country in Africa. I think it's the 10th largest in the world. Uh, and so it's uh, it's up there on the coast. It has um, Tunisia, uh, what does it border? borders Libya to the east and Tunisia to the west. So I was there for work. Um, I used to be uh, an international event planner for um, a bank association, the Institute of International Finance. And so they would do all kinds of meetings all over the world. Um, and this particular one was a CEO meeting. So we would have these, uh, these regular uh, CEO level meetings in different regions of the world. So we had our Latin America CEO meeting, our Asia CEO meeting, um, and we had our Magra Bank CEO meeting as well. Now it was, um, I guess you could say it was kind of a vanity project because uh, we didn't have a lot of members in um, the Maghreb region. Um, but I, I still got to go and I was super excited about that. I had started working at the IIF um, just, uh, I guess about six months before this trip and I, uh, done a couple domestic events and I, I believe I just gotten back from getting to go to Dubai as well. And, um, for some reason they needed, um, they needed a junior level event staffer to come and help do all the organizational stuff. So, you know, run registration and, um, meeting come up in Algeria and the guy we we're gonna go has left the company so why don't you come along and so it's pretty funny because 
Uh, it's a French-speaking region, so, well, French and Arabic, um, and, you know, some other local languages, but uh, French is kind of the business language. Uh, Algeria was a French colony for many years, so... Um, everyone else who went on the trip spoke French, and I do not speak French, so... Um, the organizers, the uh, manager in charge, his name uh, is Eric Lascar. He's a, an older French gentleman who's... Uh, he was in the membership department, and he just really knew his stuff with um, with uh, the North African banks and the scene there. Uh, really a cool gentleman. I just uh, remember he'd be in his office uh, at work, and I'd just be walking by to do some other stuff, and I'd hear him on the phone with his wife. Uh, just just a great guy. Really, really fun, really friendly. Uh, so I went with uh, him. He was in charge of the meeting. And then um, one of my other colleagues, Anne-Louis Jacques, who is, um, was from one of the other regional departments, uh, African Middle East, I believe. And she's French as well. So um, lots of French language support, but I hardly spoke a word. Um, so they picked me to go. And I had to get my visa in advance. Uh, Algeria is not one of those countries where you can just drop by and say, hey guys, I'm in the region. Um, so I got that in advance. The Algeria visa looks super cool. Just getting some water there. So, um, our meeting, I, it was like a one or two day, I think it was a one and a half day meeting. So we went a couple days in advance to, um, do the meeting prep. So, um, what I do, for, what I want to do for the rest of my series is, you know, talk a little bit more about the fun things I did and uh, a little bit more about the culture. But I can't really do it for this, for this podcast. I wasn't in Algeria very long, and um, because of the security situation, we didn't really get to do too much. So um, Algeria has, um, they've had kind of a rough history. They um, were a French colony for about 150 years, and they, they got their independence. Um, they had a, uh, a war in the 50s, and they got their independence from France in 62. And there's been, uh, you know, some periods of unrest since then. There was a, a civil war that ended in 2002, I think. Uh, I'm not very clear or up-to-date on my Algerian history. I didn't really do any prep research for this. Um, so it's, at the time it wasn't exactly, uh, it didn't have a reputation for being a safe travel destination, and especially for us because we were, um, you know, representing the banks, uh, and we had uh, lots of regional CEOs coming to this meeting, that we, uh, safety and security was a a big part of everything we did. So I didn't get to wander around and go see tourist sites or anything like that. I, I was pretty much only there for work. Um, and the only fun things I did were, were uh, either work-related or, you know, pretty minimal. So um, we were hosting the event at this hotel. Um, I believe it was the Hilton. And so it was this very secure um, hotel complex that was along the shore kind of kind of doing its own thing um, but we, we picked it because it was big enough had the nice meeting venue it had a nice uh, uh, had a nice reputation and we 
more worried about it meeting our security requirements. So we get met at the airport by um, some people from our, our host organization. I, I believe the Central Bank of Algeria. I, I don't remember what the actual name of it, but whatever organization or entity is Algeria's Central Bank, uh, we were organizing the meeting with them. So they sent some people to pick us up. They met us at the airport and they drove us to the hotel. So, I guess my, my best experiences of Algeria are just driving from one secure place to another secure place. So I got to look out the window and um, there's all these beautiful lush trees and then there's kind of a, uh, a dusty Mediterranean feel to everything. And it just looks really cool. And I wanted to jump out of that car and go exploring, but I, I couldn't, you know, I had work and no time. So they, they take us back to the hotel and uh, the first couple days are just um, doing logistics and doing meetings, so um, making sure that everything is set up and doing all the last minute guest list stuff and pulling together all the presentations from all the speakers. And so that was, that was kind of my role there. We did get to go uh, leave the hotel um, twice, I believe. We had some meetings at the, the central bank and so we got to go there and it was, this whole process was really funny for me because everyone's speaking French and I'm just there uh, present but you know I was, I was pretty junior this was my first job out of college and I was just doing the grunt work so I was really happy to be there um, so I did pick up um, just a few French phrases from my um, my colleagues and the people we were working with, I would, uh, uh, you know, just enough to uh, interject and figure out if everything's okay or not. So, um, really simple stuff. What did I say? It's a lot. Sibol? Uh, I think Sibol. Just, you know, kind of asking, hey, is everything good? And then they go, say, well, back to me, hopefully. Um, yeah, so we did a lot of prep work for the meetings. Um, didn't really get to go do anything, just, you know, look out the window of the car. And then the meeting started. So uh, we were in this fancy hotel. We had several hundred people uh, attending. Uh, and they were all uh, regional bankers, uh, a, a bunch from... France and Spain, uh, countries that, that do business in North Africa. Um, so we, uh, so we're just trying to dodge this. I have to do some driving stuff. It's not just all me chatting and desperately trying to remember what I was supposed to do with this narrative. So the meeting starts, it's pretty fancy. We've got a bunch of people. Again, I don't speak French. Um, we have some um, staffers from the host bank who are there to manage registration because, you know, uh, I, I clearly can't do the check-in with um, without French or Arabic. Um, but I, I can, you know, help troubleshoot and do a lot of other stuff with um, registration and the guest list. And one of my jobs, 
was to, uh, uh, you know, when people check in, they get the business cards. Uh, and they put them all in this big bowl. So we've got this giant fish bowl. It's just full of business cards. And I ended up losing track of that. The uh, We had wanted to take all those business cards so we could take them and put them in our uh, member database and use them for lead potential. But the... Um, the host bank managed to walk off with those for their own purposes. So we, we, well, I dropped the ball on that. Uh, so I got scolded just a little bit for that, but otherwise everything went pretty smoothly. So I was, um, I was also managing all the presentations. And so I got to chat with the local AV guys a bunch. And so everyone has their own way for how they like to get PowerPoint slides up and transition between them. And these guys had this whole unique system I had never seen before. I didn't know at the time what they were doing. Um, but they had what looked like a PowerPoint, and then it had the agenda, and then you click on uh, you click on a speaker's name and the name of their presentation, and it would just start their PowerPoint presentation. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. Do they have a website, or how are they doing this? And so it turned out what they were doing is... They just made like a master slideshow. How did they do it? I don't know how they did it, but um, it involved having to have a master slideshow that just had uh, dozens and dozens of copies of that single agenda page. Because what happened at one point, we couldn't figure out what was going on. We kept clicking it and the next slide wouldn't come up. It was because it was the end of this uh, intermediary slideshow. So. Uh, again, they were all speaking French. I, I kind of figured out what needed to be done to uh, transition between the slides. Normally what you want to do is, uh, you know, take the screen down and then uh, close the file and open up the next file so no one sees you fiddling around with an house. So I, I, I thought that was funny. Um, we also had one really cool social event. Um, we had a hosted dinner by one of the one of the big banks. I don't remember the names of any of these banks or sponsors. We had, I think, three or four different sponsors. Like, uh, they all had French names like Credit Agricole and uh, something. Popular and agricultural banks and all these really niche member organization, member banks of our organization that I uh, only knew in this context. They didn't really show up to other things. So uh, one of them, one of our lead sponsors, hosted this really nice dinner. So I I didn't really get a chance to experience much. Um, much Algerian food or any of the local cuisine, just whatever we could get at the hotel. Uh, the exception was this. So one of the things that they do in North Africa, kind of to, to show off, is they'll cook, uh, they'll cook, they'll roast an entire goat or entire lamb. And I, we had, I'm pretty sure it was a lamb. Um, so they just have this giant platter. This platter is like three feet across and you just come into the room and there's two platters of roast goat. It's just the entire, the entire goat is there. 
and there's uh, some big bowls with um, side dishes like couscous and things like that. Um, but mostly you're just here for this huge roast goat. It's just there. It's not like they chopped it up or they, you know, removed anything. So the head of the goat is there. And the way this works is they just have these platters on these tables and then everyone kind of stands around and walks up to the platters and peels off some strips of goat. And um, I, I didn't do this, but um, I mean, of course, the, um, the rare bits are the, the delicacies. So uh, you want parts of the head of the goat or the eyes. And so um, the locals were having a great time uh, showing off to the few Westerners who were there like, like me and um, some other senior people from my, uh, my company who showed up as well. And so uh, they were just, you know, making sure that this, there was nothing edible left on these goats. Um, it was pretty funny. Yeah, so not a great story. Um, I don't have a lot of local flavor that I can share for this one, but that one kind of stuck with me. It's just really surreal, me being in this room full of very senior level bankers who all speak French, and I don't know what's going on, but there's these goats, and we're just eating these goats. So I don't have too much more to talk about for Algeria. Um, it looks like my commute's about halfway done, so I don't know that I'm going to get to speak for my whole commute on this one. Uh, the only other things I wanted to talk about for Algeria... Um, Sorry, I'm on the highway. So I was on some back roads, and now I'm I'm on the highway for a minute or two, and then I'm gonna get on another highway and then do some more back roads. So hopefully the audio quality is still pretty good. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna listen to this whole thing before I do whatever it is I'm gonna do with it. But anyway, back to Algeria. Um, so we had the meeting. The meeting was a big success. I got to you know, hang out and do some post-event stuff uh, after the event was done, you know, getting drinks, and so we're in this really fancy hotel bar, um, and our CEO is there, and he's uh, just this real old boys club network type uh, finance guy, so he's sitting around drinking scotch, the other meeting organizers are there, we're all having a drink and relaxing, and then the next day we leave, and so because we have the CEO there, we're taking even greater security precautions. So um, they didn't want to send us back separately, even though we had a little bit different flights. Um, we all went to the airport at the same time, and this is a kicker, we did it in a motorcade. Now, if you've never driven in a motorcade before, it can get pretty crazy. So. The idea is you've got a couple cars and you're all traveling together for safety reasons, but I don't know what was going on. I don't know if this is standard protocol, um, but the guys in our motorcade were driving like they were absolutely insane. So we were the least important, so we were in the last car of the motorcade. And so we have like five cars, four like four cars ahead of us. And so we're driving from the hotel to the airport 
and we're driving on the congested highway at highway speeds. Um, and so you don't want to, uh, sorry, there's a truck pulled over here. Um, you don't want to let other cars have the opportunity to like get in between you or anything like that. So they are doing the most extreme tailgating I've ever seen in my life. And I was in the passenger seat and I was just, you know, white knuckle, whatever your knuckles on your feet are. Those are white too. Had everything just like clenched, terrified as we're weaving through highway traffic at incredible speeds. Uh, and I'm pretty much sitting on the bumper of the car in front of us. Uh, so that was pretty terrifying. And that was my trip to Algeria. Uh, I guess the only other things I have are just some uh, other points about Algeria. Um, let's see. They have a really cool flag. It's a green and white flag with, uh, I think, a crescent moon on it. The uh, We've played them a couple times in World Cup pools. And we've got some back and forth with them, you know. Ah, oh, Algeria! Ah! big uh, soccer soccer fans there. Um, I guess my only other experience with Algeria was uh, I have a uh, I have a degree in, in Russian studies and for one of my electives I took this uh, I took this really cool class called Terrorism in Literature and Cinema. And for that class we read a lot of cool books and we saw some different movie screenings and we saw uh, this, this pretty famous movie, Battle of Algiers. Uh, Battle of Algiers, it's a, uh, it's an Italian collaboration with Algeria. They produced this movie in the 60s, just a couple years after Algeria gained their independence. And so this movie uh, is about the, um, about the, the pro-independence insurgency and the, uh, the counter, um, counterterrorism efforts of the French paratroopers at the time. And so, this movie's pretty famous. It was hard to get a hold of for a while, but it's considered one of the best movies of the 20th century. I think it makes a lot of, you know, top 100, top 250 movies. And so, uh, the editing's just really great. It's approach to this uh, asymmetrical conflict. Uh, it's set in the... Uh, in the Kasbah, which is, you know, the old historic section of Algeria, kind of like the old border. You know if you see a movie and they go to Morocco and there's just all these really narrow winding, uh, winding little footpaths and it, it just looks like it could be from any century, you have no idea. That's the Kasbah. So this movie's set there, they use, um, almost exclusively Algerian actors and actresses to set the scene. Um, and it just, it has a really um, objective portrayal of uh, the atrocities that both sides were committing. So the, um, the Algerian Liberation Front, I forget their acronym, but they were, um, they were kidnapping people and bombings and assassinations, and the, uh, the paratroopers, the French paratroopers were uh, torturing people and doing summary executions and intimidation, just, just really bad stuff. 
Pentagon in 2003 after we uh, after the invasion of Iraq. Just uh, you know, something to look out for. Hey guys, this is uh, kind of a cautionary tale of what what doesn't work and why you have to treat local populations uh, with respect and work together with them instead of uh, colonialist tactics. Now I'm getting on kind of a tangent. Anyway, uh, I still have another probably 10-15 minutes before I get to work. Like I said, I don't really have a lot to say that's interesting about Algeria. This is all kind of an experiment. I want to see uh, how well this audio works, um, how well I'm able to speak to this uh, without much planning. Um, oh, I know what I can talk about. I can talk about a few things around this. So, uh, when I went to Algeria, I had been uh, looking for a house. Well, you know, not a house, like an apartment or a condo. Uh, I'd been living at home. I, you know, it was my first job out of college, so it's kind of the thing you do even back in with the family. And so uh, I started looking for condos, and there's this one that I really liked. Uh, it's the one that I live in currently, and I'm actually trying to sell it. Um, but they, this was kind of like the beginning of the housing market crisis, so. Um, prices had already dropped a bunch, and this developer had taken over, um, taken over this apartment unit, and they had redeveloped it, and then the prices dropped, and everyone that they pre-sold the units to walked away. And so they uh, decided to sell the rest of the units at an auction. But this auction was while I was in Algeria, so I was like, ah, oh, what am I going to do? So my parents live in the area, and they uh, they volunteered themselves to go. Uh, put in some bids at the auction for me. So um, I had done all these walkthroughs and I had done this ranking of all the different apartments that I, all the different condos and you know which ones I wanted most so we could try to try to get a good deal. And I gave them very specific instructions and then all those instructions kind of went out the window because uh, as soon as they started the auction, they started on some you know units that I didn't care about or on my list at all. I wanted to get a two-bedroom unit so that I could rent out the second bedroom to some of my friends to help kind of um, subsidize my mortgage. Um, so they started selling the one-bedroom units, and they were not getting anywhere near the prices that they wanted. So uh, the owner panicked, and they stopped the auction. They canceled it after just selling a couple units. Uh, and so... My, my parents were pretty quick thinkers, and so they went up to the owner after the auction, and they cut a deal uh, with him for this place. So they, they got a really good price at the time. Uh, the market would uh, continue to crash or later crash more, and it would, uh, when all the dust settled, it would eventually be worth uh, a bit less than I paid for it. But it, it's still a pretty good deal. Um, so this all happened while I was in Algeria, so I'm getting these email updates, and then I get back and like, hey, I bought a condo, now I have to do all the paperwork to, you know, actually complete the sale and do all my financing. That's pretty funny. And I'm just about done with, uh, with selling that unit, too. 
Okay, so my plan for this podcast series, there's like 40 or so countries I've been to. It depends. I have a hard time getting an exact count because some of them, I, I don't really count them if you've just been through for, say, a, uh, a connection for a flight. Ah, that doesn't count for me. So I have this list. I put them in order. So um, this was Algeria. The next ones I have coming up are, let's see, Argentina. I'm going to have a lot to say about Argentina. Uh, in Austria, I was in Austria for another work event. And Azerbaijan, that's going to be a fun one too. So I guess I'll go ahead and um, wrap this one up. I, I really don't have anything else to talk about. It's just going to be me rambling in. Um, if I have listeners, I, I think that's, that's probably fun enough. So I don't have any catchphrases that I've worked out yet for, you know, how I open and how I podcast, so um, I guess I will uh, I will see you all next time. So again, this is Peter. Thank you for listening to my Ramblings on Algeria, and uh, please join me next time for Argentina!